good morning from Northeast by Midwest. You guessed it. It's Jonathan Jones. As if there's really ever anybody else I'm having introduced this. I'll have to do that someday. But I'm here with a good friend of mine. Jeff Ganog. Jeff Ganog. Oh, man. And, you know, before we get started, we go way back, don't we, brother? We do. I, I see you wearing your Word of Life hat. And, uh, you know, might as well... Uh, Tell everybody on here, uh, I think our oldest is actually probably planning on heading there next fall and then maybe on to your other alma mater, Cedarville or ours, Clark Summit. But uh, that's where we met originally, right? That is correct. And then I, we actually saw each other a bunch of times before I even came on here. So we go to the same church. I'm one of Jeff's friends and one of his pastors. But, you know, Loy, you know, my in-laws would get together with your mom and dad and others. And so we'd see each other in college and then be like, oh, hey. <laughs> So, um, and we share a lot of the same likes. We've been to some Celtics games and, you know, things of that nature and uh, done a lot together, haven't we? We've done, yeah. Pretty I, much, you know, raised our raised our kids. You, you and your wife, uh, Jewel, just celebrated uh, 19 years, right, of marriage. And so that's pretty awesome. Uh, they have three kids and I won't, uh, you know, we don't get into the names and the minors on here, but they got three good strapping young children and so... Although, well, getting older now, kind of like mine, right? Yeah, our, our time as parents is quickly coming to a close. <laughs> well, at least the part of like, you know, no more diapers. We're kind of been out of that for a long time. Oh, yeah. So, so anyway, um, but, you know, Jeff and I are on here and uh, he, he's infamous for a variety of reasons. Um, and the uh, biggest one for me is he's the one that gave the name to the podcast. And when I was first doing it almost a year ago, um, I'm trying to remember what I called it. What did I call it? I don't even remember. I'll have to look back. Did you even have a name? I don't know if I did. And uh, so I threw it out and you threw out one day. You're like, well, just call it Northeast by Midwest because, and so that's become the name. <laughs> yeah. And wasn't a, I believe like your brother didn't even like the name or something. It was, there was something. Oh yeah. No, no. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, pipe going down the wrong pipe there. <coughs> and this was a bunch of people. And they're like, yeah, we don't, we don't really like that name. I think it's great because, at least for me, that's who I am. Raised in the Midwest, live in the Northeast. I did a podcast with a couple of my longtime, you know, best, you know, real close best friends in Ohio. And as I was closing it, one, I started saying, this is for Northeast by Midwest. And they're like, wait, we're in the Midwest. And I was like, okay, for Midwest by Northeast in the Midwest. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's pretty much it. So yeah, you, you're the other end of it. You grew up in the Northeast, went to college in the Midwest, and yeah. you know came back. And and so uh, Jeff works for uh, Bath Ironworks locally here, and they subcontract with the Navy. And uh, Jeff does a great job there. Been real involved in our community. And so you know you've done some some politics in the community. As we're really thinking, this is going to be several parts, right? As we sort of, I don't even know how I'm going to type this out, but in my mind, I did sort of a precursor called. Uh, polarization and politicization. I actually got them both right, Jeff. Awesome. Um, but one of the concerns, you, you and I meet on and off, uh, usually pretty consistently. We read books, talk about a lot of things. And one of the things we seem to always come back to, it's probably my fault because I usually bring it up, but Jeff's got a lot of wisdom and I just thought it'd be good to talk through it. It's just, it seems like the, the whole polarization and politicization has really went to another level the last five to seven years. You know, um, I'll just go right for it. You know, we, we, we've had a president. We had President Trump for a few years. And obviously, folks either kind of loved or hated him, you know. And frankly, it's about the same right now with President Biden. And so we're not really here to talk about the presidents. Um, one of the things you and I have talked about just setting the stages. And, and if you want to go back. 
I did this on a podcast a little bit ago. You know, we need to pray for those in authority over us. Those are the kind of things I want to talk through. You know, we had the pandemic. You've got people that are vaccinated. You've got people that are unvaccinated. You know, when the whole masking came out, you know, you had sort of the anti-masking group, the masking group. And, and I was just always kind of asking these questions. Okay, how do we respond as Christians? And we believe the Bible is the word of God. And, and that it pertains to life and godliness. And so you have a degree and and a lot of acumen, I guess I would say, in the political sphere more than I do. But I really enjoy politics. You know, just the, I do and I don't. I kind of hate where we're at, you know. And I guess as a Christian, that's some of the things I want to just put to you. What are some of the things as a Christian in a culture where if you make a statement almost on anything, it becomes political? How do we handle that, Jeff? And what would be some things that as you think through, you know, whether it's the past couple of presidents we've had, the pandemic, how do we handle that as Christians? Um, and what would be some of the things you'd, you'd say to that? Yeah, it's interesting. Like, you go through the Bible and like uh, the big the big passage I always go to when it talks about Christians in relation to the government is Romans 13. Yeah. And it talks about how, how Christians should respond to the government, how we're, you know, what our position is being submissive to the government. <clears throat> but it's interesting, back then, there were, Paul was writing that during the Roman Empire, and they didn't have a government that was, a, by any means, a democracy. It was... Um, really? So their government was different than ours? Yeah. <laughs> as hard as that is to believe. Now, if you were a Roman citizen, things worked out better for you than... And uh, I believe they actually had a Roman Senate, there was a, a smidgen of democracy, but you pretty much had to be in Rome, had to be one of the elite. If you were born in, let's say, Israel, you really didn't get a say of like who was your governor, your tax collector, or any of those things. Like that was right. pretty much dictated to you. So, and, and I'm just trying to kind of probe some of this with you because I, I wholeheartedly agree, but one of the problems we tend to do, at least in our American culture, is we, we, we force how we understand politics or just life on the Bible, right? And we're reading a book that is God-breathed, that we believe are the words of God, and yet it's written in history to real people. And so what you're saying to me is if I'm Jonathan Jones and you're Caesar, um, pretty much whatever you say goes. It, fair, yeah. right? And, yeah. and Paul, interestingly enough, addresses this in Romans 13 to a culture that pretty much has to do what Caesar says. And he says, oh, by the way, you need to disobey the government. Is that is that what the Bible says? Is that kind of what you're saying here? Uh, oh, that doesn't sound no, like... No, <laughs> I don't, don't think that was where I was going with that. No, no. And that's not where Paul goes with it. I mean, it's kind of... So when you think about it in context, it's very um, countercultural, right? Because my guess is there were a lot of Romans that were like, you know, I'm just going to say it on here. Screw the government, right? We've heard that a lot, haven't we? And, and Paul says, hey, look, you need to obey the government. So... Let me probe you on this, though. We didn't talk about it, but you opened the can, so I'm going to really open it. If we were to disobey the government, well, let's just talk about this for a second. In what ways would we say the Bible uh, allows that? Okay, uh, let's use some hypotheticals here. Because obviously there are times when the government may come and ask us to do something that we would have to say, I have to obey God rather than men, right? Um, and part of the reason I think this is important is we heard a lot of this throughout the pandemic. You know, for example, you know, well, the government's telling me to do this, so I'm going to. 
and and so we would take our Christian liberty and almost probably use it more for the flesh as an argument, right? So let's be honest, though. What would be, would you say, would be a couple of scenarios, whether it's biblical or something else, that you'd say, okay, you know, yeah, you're you're not going to obey the government in this instance. Because you would have thought Paul would have given us an out then, but he doesn't. So what would be a couple of situations you'd say, okay, I might, you know, or John, you could disobey the government. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, Paul, on my, my memory of, of all his writings, is not coming back to me, but doesn't necessarily give an example, but Peter does. Right. When Peter gets dragged before the Sanhedrin, they beat them and yeah. basically say, don't tell anybody about what you're preaching. And what is Peter's response? You know, I would rather, am I to, to obey God rather than man? Mm-hmm. You know, the That's rhetorical right. question that is basically, no, I'm going to obey God. Mm-hmm. But that was in particular a case where Jesus literally said to his disciples before he left, go and make disciples. So in name here, the Sanhedrin saying, no, you're not going to do that. Right. At that point in time, you have a direct con- uh, conflict between those two authority sources. So which one do you go to? Well, yeah. you default to them. Right. In our, in our modern culture, our problem is we have a tendency to take something we don't like and then kind of manipulate it into something that, oh, this is something that God yeah. God wants me to do. So therefore, uh, if somebody tells me I can't do this, yeah. then I have to then I have right. to obey God. So so let's let's open the can then with two things we all dealt with, right? Uh, I'll start with masks, the easy one, then we'll get to vaccines, the fun one. How's that? Because I hey, we might as well talk about it, right? Oh, yeah. I mean these are good examples. So uh, personally I hated the masks. Uh, they caused me issues. I think they still do. When I looked at the scriptures, I couldn't see any reason on a personal level um, that I wouldn't do it or obey the government. And so best I knew how, we try to do that and as a church, um, honor our government because we are an example in the community. We should be. And there are even situations now uh, still where if I go visit someone in the hospital, as a Christian, I could say I have the right as a pastor not to wear that mask, which is true. But I also have Paul telling me that I do all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And I guess my my struggle with Christianity when it came in the pandemic was it seemed, even and I've fought it myself sometimes, that my desire to not do something was greater than my desire um, to honor God and the authority over me. Does that does that make sense? Oh yeah. You know? No, and I think it's funny. I have this this guy at work. I talk to a lot, and we have a, a saying that we could you could boil all the problems in society down to the simple statement of "stop liking what I don't like." <laughs> <laughs> Good statement. I like it. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. Like, I never liked wearing masks either, but there's like a couple principles that can't dictate as well or not as Christians we should. So the first high level one is like, let's just say the government tomorrow said, by the way, you have to wear a pink hat going inside a building. Right. Let's say the town of Lisbon decided that like every single business, we, you, you cannot go into a building unless you wear a pink hat. That's a good example. Yeah. And I don't like pink hats. I, I mean, <laughs> personally, I don't think I've ever worn a pink hat. But if they put it in there, I have to sit there and I have to be like, okay, is this against anything that the Bible says. Now, I'm, I'm taking this as, just like a, as a strict, you're wearing a pink hat. The pink hat doesn't mean 
you know, you're not endorsing anything or anything like that. Right. We'll just say just strictly a in the cyclone switching situation. You're only wearing a pink hat. It could be a blue hat. You it just could, pick pink. Right. Yeah. So, as a Christian, I gotta look at that and be like, okay, does this violate any of the the principles that God laid out in the Bible? Right. I cannot think of one off the top of my head. That's right. Um, so therefore, I have to wear by according to Romans 13 and what what Paul lays out. I have to wear that. I have to wear that pink hat. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, then let's say let's say let's take another step down from that. Let's say that there's a business owner, and he dictates, "I want you to wear a pink hat if you're going to come into my store." Mm-hmm. Now, this is not the government telling me what to do. Right. But this is somebody else, and I'm going into their business. That's right. That they own. That they own. Yeah. And they are they can set the rules. And they're telling me to wear a pink hat. That's right. So, as a Christian, okay, I don't have the government telling me what to do. But I have this other person who's doing this. That's now, right. As an American, I could be kind of be a jerk about it and say, claim, I don't have to wear this pink hat. That's right. Um, but then what kind of a testimony would I be to that person? I agree. So, that gets into kind of like uh, my interpersonal relationship but also i have kind of like a libertarian flair straight to me i'm going on somebody else's property yes and generally my the way i I think of this like if you're going on to somebody else's property they get to set the rules that's right and if i don't want to follow those rules i don't have to go on that person's property like that's my so so would it be fair to say in a sense that one of the principles as christians that we could apply to politics would sort of be the old phrase when in rome do as the romans i mean obviously with, with the caveat that paul will tell us in first corinthians ten thirty one that everything we do we do the honor and glory of god so if rome for instance told us to go out and rob the grocery store we wouldn't do that because that's stealing or, or killing someone or being unfaithful to our spouse or whatever but, but if Rome told us to, you know, only buy uh, Chevy cars, right, you know, okay, I want to buy a Ford or a Chrysler or a Toyota. I happen to own a couple of Hondas, you know, but if the government told me to do that, I have no biblical grounds that buying a particular, and that's what you're addressing, right? Yeah. And I think the point being, for those of you on here, by the way, if you hear a lawnmower in the background, that's how we roll at Northeast by Midwest. It's just... I got a little bit of music in the background, but it's just life. So <laughs> I'd say I'm sorry, but I'm not. That's just the way it is. You got to mow your yard, right? Somebody's here mowing the church. Um, you know, I, I I think my concern, and I'm just speaking for me, was I saw, and we won't get into probably the vaccines deeply today, but as an example, maybe more, I, I, I saw Christians, especially like on the internet, fight about it. Um, the government with vaccines in particular, never came down with a law that said you had to get the COVID vaccine. They just didn't. Um, They were pretty heavily handed on it. There were people that took it. There were people that didn't. Uh, But if you worked for certain places, you were required to take the vaccine. And as frustrating as that was for some people, I understand that. And they could say, well, it took away my American freedom, different things. Sure. And I get that. But larger, I think my concern was as a Christian, that it, it divided us. And frankly, what, what I felt that we purported to the world, and, and I'm just asking for you to speak to this a little bit. This is how I saw it. We purported to the world that 
something that I think we've been doing for a long time here in the States, which was, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, I'm an independent, I don't care. Wherever you're at, you know, I'm a conservative, I'm a liberal, you know, fill in the blank. And that's more important to me than my faith. And I guess I'm just, you and I have had this conversation. Jeff, I don't want that for me. I don't want that for my kids. I don't want that for my church. Now, of some of those political areas I just shared, I, I do have pretty strong feelings. You know what they are. We won't get into them today. Some of you might know. I know you have some feelings. You and I probably agree on more than we disagree on, but we I'm sure we have areas. We've talked about things that we disagree on. Um, but as a Christian, isn't the most important thing for me to honor God? Right? And and, and and I just feel like so often it got lost in the melee. Well, I'm not gonna wear a mask. I'm 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 not gonna, you know, I, I'm not gonna get a vaccine. I'm gonna get a vaccine. If you don't, you know, and it went every way, right? Some people that got vaccines didn't want to be and you know, and and it was unfortunate across the board. You know, there, there was so much division. And the reality is what we were purporting to the world, I think, was a, a set of personal beliefs that were trumping, no pun intended our actual Christian belief, right? Yeah, and I think, so at the top of the podcast, I was talking about like the type of government that Paul was under. We don't have that kind of government. We have a representative democracy, which means that if there's something that I, that the town is doing that I don't like, I can vote, not vote for the people who are up for election or I can also go to the town office during their town meetings and I can voice my displeasure. I can, there's a time where I can get up in front of the entire town council and I can speak my feelings, whatever they may be. In our, in our country, we have the same thing. It's a little bit more, uh, we are a very, very big country. We are the, uh, 360 million people. Yeah. That's a lot of voices. That is a lot of voices. And there's a lot of land. I mean, and there's a lot of space. Yeah. <clears throat> so we are huge. Um, but that said, like, you can still, as Christians, it is totally fine. There's nothing unbiblical with voicing your displeasure to the people who you elected. Yeah. Provided you do it in a way that is honoring to the other person, you're not disrespecting them. Um, because at the same time, like, as much as we may not like somebody who's in office and we may think that they're doing a bad job about something, other people voted for them. That's right. And the whoever's in office isn't the most important thing as far as Christians are concerned. That's right. Our yeah. most important thing is actually the people who voted for them. Right. I have high... Uh, engagement in politics like I was uh, a town councilman here in the town um, I follow the news like you said I have a degree in political science I love this stuff and I am very much engaged that said it is not the most important thing in my life by any right. stretch of the imagination right and, and, and if I can ask you and if it is and if it's in, in my life and that's what I purport to people then you know why in the world am I calling myself Christian I mean, you and I also love sports. I, I'm a huge Larry Bird fan. The Celtics have always been my second favorite team. Uh, I'm a Cavs fan, I know. Uh, you're trying to win me over, but I've been to a couple of games. We went and watched Kevin Garnett. But look, that stuff doesn't define me. I mean, if the Cleveland Browns define me, I'd probably run and jump off a bridge. Uh, <laughs> you know, but let's be honest. 
what the world saw, and, and, and I'm just saying this, not to be preachy to anyone out there, but more just for us to think through, what the world, I think, saw of Christianity in the last three or four years, and I think it had been building for a long time, is what you're saying. They, they saw a Christianity that was as politi- you know, politicized and polarized as the world itself, which on the one hand shouldn't surprise us because most of the Bible written in the New Testament was to churches that had issues. Almost all had issues. Corinth, Galatia, Philippi, you know, Philippi, Colossae, um, even the book of Revelation. We're people. We're going to have issues. But the reality is, let's not add to the issues, right? And, and I think that's my concern, that in a world that's so politicized, we, I think, in the Christian church have allowed the world to come into our church and say, you're a Democrat, you're a Republican. You, you wear a mask, you don't. You're vaccinated, you're unvaccinated. And guess what? This is my corner and I'm going to do what I want. And kind of like the old John Bon Jovi song, it's my life. I'm going to live it my way. Life's a highway, right? You get one shot, it's now or never. And, and, and the more I listen to that song by John, I like that song actually. It's got a good sound to it. And, and I think in some ways Bon Jovi was actually addressing the fact more of living your life I don't know that he's a Christian, <laughs> you know, but I fear that as Christians, my life is hidden with Christ in God, and so is yours. And too often, Jonathan Jones comes out more than Jesus, right? And, and I think that's what you and I talked about, and that's a hard one. I haven't perfectly lived that. I, I guess, if anything, this is more a little bit of a confession on my end, Jeff, as we converse, that I think the pandemic started to bring out in me some divisiveness and things I believed that were secondary things and not primary. Yeah, and I think, you know, in 1 Samuel, God talks to Samuel when he's anointing, when he's going through the sons of Jesse. Yeah. And and Samuel is like, oh, he goes to the firstborn, and he's like, surely the God's anointed in front of me. Right. And what does God say? Yeah. He's like, God looks on the outward appearance, man looks on the heart. Man looks on the heart. I think that's one of the things we are thinking of polarization. We, because we we don't look on the heart, we look for other things to see if, do you agree with me? Yeah. And so politics is one of those things where it's like, you can vary in short declarative statements, yeah. say who you, what tribe you are part of or yeah. whatever. And the reality is it's like, no, we're not on anybody's tribe. We're, we're following God. Right. We're part of God's tribe, as, as right. it were, and that's right. He's the only one that matters. That's right. But that's really, really hard to show people in quick bursts. Like you, yeah. you have to have a relationship with people. Yeah. It takes time to build that. It does. And you know what? Social media is not great at time. It's not. And, and and I guess my fear, and this is why, for some of you that know me, you know, you can. By the way, I don't think Jeff would mind. You can find him uh, on. On the internet too, Jeff, uh, Jeff and on, but you know he's on Twitter. Uh, what disciple Jeff? Yeah, disciple at disciple underscore Jeff. At something. disciple underscore. You just you know look at my feed. I'm John the Baptist something on Twitter and Jonathan Jones on Facebook. But you know I honestly hardly ever, and I noticed you're about the same. I don't post things that are politically divisive on the internet. And one of the reasons I don't is not because I'm afraid. It just doesn't get anywhere. It's not social media is not the place. I mean Twitter is a good example. I'll post this on Twitter uh, in a couple weeks when it comes out, and uh, it'll probably generate a little bit. But I mean, Twitter's about is sort of the blessing and the curse of social media. But the reality is, not much is ever really solved on Twitter. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. You I, know, it's just not because the reality is what you and I are doing right here. You know, friends, if you don't like this, fine, skip it. But we're going to have several conversations because this is really just, we're, we're just getting the ingredients here. I mean, I want to dive into some of this a little bit deeper, um, you know, and and a lot of this comes out of our conversations, right? And, and part of it is our own frustration with those of us that are Christians. And, and number one, we're not perfect people. And I think we need to admit that. I'm not going to hit it right every time, and but we do serve a perfect God, and I think that's what you, that's what you hit. And I, and I think the other thing that I'd like to drill down with with you, and then we may bring our friend Chris on here in the church because we were having a conversation Sunday. There's also major misunderstanding about our own government, isn't there? I mean, oh. I mean, I guess here's one thing I'll throw out: a lot of the terms I hear within America sound a lot to me like a monarchy or. Almost, I, I don't think the word words, you know, socialism so much fits it. But it, 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 people talk as if the president, for instance, is like he's a king. <laughs> and unless I missed my history, that was kind of part of the reason we had a couple wars with our friends across the, you know. And, and we don't have a perfect government. I, I, I think it's pretty good, you know, in the sense of what it was originally intended to do. Um, and so that's part of it, right? And then and we misunderstand the scripture. So I guess as we kind of bring this part to a close, if you were to give people a, a couple of examples in the Bible, you know, for those that are Christians, and you'd say, look, these are some people, I mean, you've already given a couple, but like off the top of my head, you, you hit Peter. Daniel's a good example. I mean, he's told, don't pray. And he basically says, look, uh, and, and this is one I find interesting about Daniel. He's not a jerk about it. But he opens his doors every day and he prays. And my guess is he's probably praying for them. Uh, if I remember Jesus correctly, Jesus tells us to pray for our enemies. Now, I would like to think that I don't have any enemies in America, but if I did, I hope I would pray for them. You know, and I think too often, uh, you know, I, I think they're good examples of that. Um, but are there any others that come to mind when you think of, you know, and again, it, it's a hard sell sometimes with politics because a lot of times when we're reading the Bible, we are dealing with nations that are monarchies. In fact, as Christians, if I read my Bible correctly, we're part of a monarchy. Uh, his, the king, his name is Jesus, and he's coming back. So that's an interesting one for us to stick in our craw and think about too because we live in a capitalistic, uh, democratic society but that's not what Christianity is. <laughs> we serve a king, right? You know, so yeah, just as we kind of bring this part to a close, what would be, you know, whether it's another couple Bible verses or some people that you'd say, look, these are good people to deal with in the Bible uh, just to start to understand how we handle government. So two examples I have. Uh, one, uh, Joseph. Mm. Here's a guy, gets betrayed by his family, Yeah. gets sold into slavery, uh, starts making it in terms of uh, Potiphar's house and kind of works up to the ranks, gets falsely accused, gets thrown back into prison, is there for 14 years, seven years? I'm trying to remember how long he was in Right. Finally gets an opportunity. He is serving in a pagan, pagan uh, nation and government. Yeah. Like the Pharaoh's basically God, is treated as a god. Yeah. They have a... a a polytheistic society and yet he thrives and does well in there as far as I can tell doesn't doesn't uh, betray his beliefs or anything like that keeps his faith yeah uh, but yet still serves God through that thing I mean we live in a society that 
I mean, we we would definitely say that we're uh, not necessarily a Christian nation anymore, but we you go to any town, you still see churches everywhere. Oh yeah. So like to be a Christian is not to be, have like be totally foreign in this country. Yeah. Um, so that's one example. The other example I always I was thinking about, and I always find this passage fast fascinating. I think it goes back to uh, Samuel again, where the, the people of Israel go to Samuel and say, "We want a king." Yeah. And it's interesting because like Samuel says, like, "Do you realize if you have a king, you're gonna have taxes? They're gonna take your your." your men and right. all these servants, there's, there's going to be basically, it sounds like slavery. And by the way, Israel already had a king. God was their king. God was their king. But they didn't want him. Right. And by <laughs> the way, that, that king did not require taxes except for the temple. That's like, right. It sounds like you, if you, you know, we always talk about liberty and stuff like that in this yeah. country. And you look about the society that they had, it's like, well, that sounds like a pretty freedom-filled thing. Like the only authority they had was really the religious their religion. That's right. And that was it. But they still came to him and said, I want it. We want a king. We want a king. Yeah. And I think as humans, we have that tendency to want to put somebody up there that is visible. Yes. That we can identify with. Even though God literally sent his son to yes. earth to die, to become human so that we right. could identify with them. But that still, that's not enough for us. That's we not need, yeah. We need to see this person. And and I think, you know, as, as we kind of close, it, it gets me to thinking on a couple of things maybe for next time. So this is just one for you to noodle on. But, you know, you have other examples in the Bible like Esther, who, you know, I think of the old phrase by Edmund Burke, um, uh, the only thing for evil to, like, persist or something is good men do nothing. And and that's true. There are times, and Esther's a good example, or, or Gideon or Ehud in the Bible, where where God does have people rise up against governments, and there are times for that, right? And we're, you and I are not advocating that we just roll over and do nothing. Uh, for those of you that are on here, if you think that, you missed it. Jeff and I, we've had a lot of good... But what we are saying is the Bible also has clear principles for the time and place. And at the same time, you have Esther sort of as, you know, when Mordecai says, look, you know, if you, you know, you were here for such time as this, then you have the other side, which is Joseph, where he just faithfully serves and says that great statement and interestingly brings up evil again, where he says, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. So there are times where God calls some of us to, to suffer and honor him. And there are other times when we have to stand. And I think that's more the question that you and I are asking uh, when we do stand, what are we really standing for, right? Is it for a political belief or, you know, and what we see, at least I think pretty consistently in the Bible is when God had those stand, they stood on him, not on themselves, right? You know, and, and, and so I think, I think the other thing um, that I really appreciate about what you said, is, and Joseph is definitely one I don't think we think of a lot when it comes to politics. And he sure had to deal with a lot of it. And then he becomes... Our, uh, you know, our vice president, if you will, you know, you know, from worst to first, sec worst to second. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in some ways he's way more because I mean he's basically running the country at that point. Yeah, in time. yeah. So, so in a lot of ways, uh, you know, forget the fact of vice president. He's sort of like what we would call our, our, our Supreme Court slash Senate and House, if you will, right? In a lot of ways. You know, actually, a better analogy. He was like he's like the Prime Minister of England, where you have the Queen as the oh, head of state. Okay, or so like in World War II, he'd be yeah. Okay, yeah. I got gotcha. you. He'd be yeah, like the that's Winston a good Churchill. Example. Yeah, Winston Churchill. Okay, I like that. That's awesome. So there's a little bit of uh, a politics. So maybe next time we come back, we can talk sort of politics history 
And, and if you don't mind, you can give us a little bit of the history of actually how, at least in America, politics work. And then just some of the things you and I have seen in Christianity is, you know, one of the questions we're asking is for our own children, right? Um, what I do in moderation, my kids are going to do in excess. And I think it's a good question for you and I to ask as I respond to government in times when the government asks me to do hard things, you know, I mean, we didn't even address things like, what do we do when the government gives us things we don't want financially or, or laws or there are things, uh, you know, it's too bad. The Bible doesn't talk about that. Right, Jeff. <laughs> but, but, but if we're honest though, I think a lot of times, at least in our own culture, it's almost like we divorce the Bible from politics, don't we? And I think that's one of the things you and I are saying is the Bible does speak very much about everything we deal with. You know, uh, I think sometimes maybe we just don't like it. <laughs> and we don't, and we don't, and as Christians, we have to admit, we, you know, we may not agree with the Bible. Well, then that's a problem because the Bible's right and Jonathan Jones isn't. That, you know, that's final. Um, and I guess that's part of the thing that I've thought about in some of our conversations the last couple of years. So um, this is just a start. Don't worry. We're, we're just we're just getting the ingredients together. We'll come back. Any uh, kind of closing thoughts now uh, for this podcast for today? No, I don't. Not that I think of other than just like when you're just remember when you're online, when you're talking about this stuff, think about who you why you're posting. it. Are you posting it just to yeah. score a political point or are you posting it to you know, edify people? Yeah, and, and I think ask yourself the question, I, I, I have to ask myself sometimes, just because I can doesn't mean I should. It doesn't mean I shouldn't either, but I think a lot of times we assume the positive. Well, just because I can, I, I'm going to do it. And, and I think the other question, if I'm thinking of you and me, how is this going to bless Jeff? How is this going to honor God? And ultimately, I do disagree. I'll just say between us, I disagree with a lot of things in our government. I, I, you, uh, right? Oh, yeah. But I'm not going to go post it online. Number one, if, I, if I've got an individual I disagree with, the Bible tells me I need to go talk to them. Well, the last thing I'm going to do is post it on Twitter, you know, uh, and if I haven't had a chance to confront them about it and give them an opportunity to. And I think in the world of social media, we also have to be careful. So much, so many things are posted that aren't even fact checked which is a whole nother one we can talk about. You know, how, how do we know what's what's true and what's out there is really true. So, well, I appreciate it, Jeff. It's a good conversation. Uh, you and I seem to always end up here at some point, don't we? <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other way. That's right. Amen. All right. Well, for Northeast by Midwest, I am with... Jeff Rickenhaw. And this is Jonathan Jones. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, in a world of politicization and polarization... May we be ultimately about the gospel. And we pray that's true. And if you listen to this and you aren't a Christian, um, hey, engage with us. We would be glad to hear your thoughts. And probably some cases how we fall short. That's honestly why we're doing this. This is sort of a, hey, we've made some mistakes here. By God's grace, uh, we can move forward. Have a great day.